you know, when, when I look at it, this is why this works. And it doesn't take a lot of time because I can care for 300 people in a few hours a month, right? And that's me reaching out and being consistent. So it, again, it's so simple that I think it's overlooked. And agents just say, all right, that's fine. Yeah, relationships matter. Of course they do when they're spending 90% of their time cold calling when 70% of their business is by repeat and referral. That doesn't make any sense. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, I have Garrett Maroon on the podcast from the Virginia Beach area, and this is a guy who with a very small amount of people, we're talking like 40 people in his database, was able to build a humongous real estate business on almost no marketing spend. So if you're a new agent or an agent that's been at it for a while, is getting a little burnt out on some of the lead generation strategies and wants to make a massive increase in your GCI with spending almost zero extra money, this is going to be the episode. Garrett's going to take us into his 30 touch, 36 touch plan. So Garrett, if you wouldn't mind, like take us into what was the size of your database when you get started and how did you blow this thing up? Yeah, man. So thanks for having me. First of all, brother, excited to be here with you, fellow podcaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. So so I'm not from this area. I started with 40 people in my database and you know, it took me five and a half months to sell a house uh, because I came in and, and knew that if I was going to, if this was going to work for me, then I, it had to be by relationship. I didn't want to do cold calls. I didn't want to do open houses and I, and I haven't, I've never done one of those or bought a, bought a lead or anything like that. You know, for, for me, when I talk about what was the difference and how did I make it work? It was through just educating myself. You know, I, I looked around and I saw that the, the people that were doing the best were the ones that, at least from my perspective or, or perception as a new agent, they had the, their minds were the most at work, right? There was something going on. They were thinking on a level that I wasn't. And so, man, I, I, I attribute a lot of it to just my willingness to go get educated. I started reading all the time. I hired a coach three months in, sent, even though I didn't have any business, uh, and I just started to go to work on my mind and what was going on there and understand the problem. So, you know, I, I, I looked at it from a different perspective. I wasn't looking around and saying, well, man, why is everyone so busy? Why can't I be busy? Woe is me. I need to go chase all the business. I, I looked around and said, okay, I know so many people that this relationship thing works. It's not working for me. I need to go understand why. And so it really was just diving into the psychology of how consumers make decisions, how why people refer you. And uh, I mean, that was it, man. And I'm fortunate for how well that has taken hold in my own business. What were the things that needed to happen in your mindset? Like, what did the coach specifically do to your mindset? Yeah, well, so just having a coach was was the accountability piece. What I was learning was, you know, two specific things that I think stand out early on was number one, people only recognize you in one context, right? So that's why you see your, I don't know, your doctor at the grocery store, you're like, I know him. Oh, that's my doctor, right? There's just takes a split second. I had come from the higher education world. I was an assistant director of admission. And I remember realizing well, as I was reading that study, people don't refer an assistant director of admission to help someone buy a house, right? I needed to change the way they thought about me. And so I did that for the next six months. Once I realized that next six months, when I'd have a conversation, it'd be, hey, Matt, you know, it was great to see you at church yesterday or whatever it was. Great to see you at church yesterday. Hey, wondered if you had a quick minute to talk business. I want to share with you what's going on in the real estate world. I said business and real estate in every conversation, right? 
training them to think about me in that way. Cause I'm going to miss all the referrals. If they don't think about that referrals happen in a split second. Right? So that was huge. That was absolutely huge. And then number two was I read a, a study that uh, they, they surveyed 10,000 people in 2005. The average person in 2005 had 6.2 close relationships surveyed that same group in 2015 went down from 6.2 to 2.1 right? And maybe they'll do it again in 2025. But really what that meant to me was with the rise of social media, people are overconnected, but undercared for, right? And I think you see that consistently play out, unfortunately, in, in our com local communities too. And so what I just came to realize that the simplest form, right? We tend to overcomplicate everything in its simplest form, what our community, what our sphere, what your database, what your past clients want more than anything, they need a friend. They need someone who cares about them, right? They feel more alone than ever. We add COVID onto that, add all the economic uncertainty. They feel more alone. The basic need, the basic way for you to survive in real estate on relationships, be one of those two close relationships or two, take the two to a three or two to a 10, introduce them to other people, right? But the, the nature of human interaction, the nature of the, the, the consumer and how they interact and what they do, if they like you, they want you to succeed, right? So if you can be in relationship with them, that's why we all have the friend that, you know, I've got a friend who opened a coffee shop. I'd never been there, said, hey, you need to go check it out, right? Because I love this guy and I really wanted him to succeed. That's how real humans do real things. And we've got to understand that and be the ones that approach them in that way. So, you know, those were two big aha moments for me early on that I've just built on. Wonderful. So the, the, the fundamental foundation is everything that I'm about to do strategy and tactic wise is designed to become a one, like the top, one of the top two people in somebody's life. That's right. Yeah. hundred okay. percent. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, think about this too. And I'll just add this real quick. You know, I travel around and speak and, and, you know, one of the consistent things I hear is, Oh, I really love, and I care about my people. Hey, that's amazing. Well, tell me when was the last time you reached out to him? Oh man, I don't know, six months, eight months. Right. And, and my response is, Hey, I get it. That's, that's common. Right. But my response is if someone only called you once every eight months, would you consider them a close friend? Right. You can't just label your database friends and people you care about, but then not actually carry that out and act that way they're not thinking about you that way. So the simple answer that I came up with early on was, okay, if that's true and I need to be one of those close friends, how does a close friend act? Well, they're consistent in reaching out and staying in touch. That's it. And then just go do that. Right. And it, you know, it's, it is about success. It's simple at the end of the day. It's just hard to be consistent. That's what makes it difficult. But as I started to understand that and realize, man, it's easier than I think it is. It gave me a lot of freedom to really just execute on that consistently. Absolutely. And so, how did you craft the plan? I mean, I know like if you're in Buffini's group, you're doing 60 touch, you have a 36 touch. So if we could break out, what are the touches and how, how do you discern that that's the right fit? Yeah, man. So really what, you know, I didn't come up with the idea of a 36 touch, right? Uh, it, it really, for me, it was taking the Buffini idea and I'm in Keller Williams, taking the Keller Williams, like business model planning piece of it and marrying those together. So it's this highly relational, but it's very systematic, right? What I, what I do, what I call, what I teach is systematic relationship building. So it's very simple, right? So simple. Most people overlook it. So we do, it, it's broken down per quarter but I'll, I'll give you the basics first. Once a month, we send a mailer, very low impact. We just send something, right? Once a month, we send an email, very low impact. We just send something. Those two are related pieces of content. Then the real magic is 
every quarter, it's broken down like this. The first month of the quarter, we're going to send a video text message to everyone in the database. And it's not talking about real estate. It's super quick. Hey, Matt, just thinking about your brother. Hope your spring's off to a great start, man. Look forward to seeing you at some of our events. If I can serve you in any way, let me know. You know, something really simple. What a friend would do. Just checking on them, right? The second month of the quarter is a handwritten note or a Popeye gift to 25 people in your database. Those gifts shouldn't cost more than two bucks. And I can go so into say that. that again. The, the third month, month of the quarter. Yeah. Handwritten notes to everybody in the database or, yeah. uh, yep. And then, well, not or, and 25 of those people in your database get a Popeye gift that you drop off at their door, less than two bucks. Um, the third month of the quarter is a client event. And so, you know, that's it. That, that's the rotation. First month, video tech. Second month, notes and Popeyes. Third month, client event. That's a quarter. Obviously, four quarters in a year, we just repeat over and over and over again. I mean, what I found for me is if it's not simple, I'm not going to execute it all the time. And so what, what, I, what I realized for myself and for other people was they would get to the point I'd say, when was the last time you reached out to your database? Like, man, well, I, can't, I honestly can't remember if I called that person last month, so I don't want to bother them, so I'm not going to call them again. Right. So now I know, you know, I know in January 2027, I'm going to be sending video texts to my database. Right. So I know that that's how I'm going to reach out to them that month. And, and the, the personal touch, the act of caring goes a super long way to just deepen that emotional attachment and relationship with your database. Totally. So let's talk about like what is in your monthly mailers. Yeah, so it totally depends. Once a quarter, it's uh, just what's going on in the national real estate market. Just as a reminder that I'm a real estate agent. Other than that, man, it's it's you know uh, in in November it typically is like you know ten ways to show the people in your life you're thankful for them, right? Or uh, you know how December is like how to throw a great New Year's party or something like that. It depends. It changes, but but the for us the point is this: like part of our we've got an e course and then we give away a touch plan for every month for for free included in that we're like here's the mailer email and, and what to do but for us it's just we, you don't overcomplicate it that's i think that's one of the challenges for agents they make it so complicated on what it should say people people open their mail today over the trash can right no one is standing there going inside and reading everything like it's a postcard they see our name if it's interesting they'll read it it probably isn't they'll throw it away that's okay i told them i would show up every month same thing with the email right? Very low value. And that's where most agents stop. That's why overlaying the personal touch, that to me is really the key of why this works. Yeah, totally. And then, so the same thing would, would play in with the emails or? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Same thing with the email. So if it's, you know, it's going to be related to whatever the topic of the mailer is. So if the mailer is about, you know, showing thankfulness and the email is going to be five more ways to, you know, show the people in your life you're thankful for them or whatever. Um, very simple, very straightforward. It's, I send it from my personal email account, little subject, and then it has a little flyer attached that would say, you know, five more ways or whatever, something simple like that. Awesome. I mean, you you got such a small database. I mean, this, you probably have some automations, but this could be done manually without much difficulty, it sounds yeah, like. Oh, yeah. My assistant, you know, we've got one assistant. She does the mailers and emails, and then I do the personal touches. It takes me, on average, like five hours a month total to lead generate, and that's it. Um, you know, it is just the act of caring. And, and the reason it works, I'll just jump in real quick, Matt. You know, so the average person knows 265 people. So when I just look at it, to me, this is just a better math equation, right? So average person knows 265 people or 256, excuse me, 256 people. NAR says you have a 91% chance to convert a referral. So I've got a database of, let's just call it 300 to make it easy. 
my 300 people database actually reaches 75,600 people. And of those 75,600, I have a 91% chance to convert if I'm introduced to one of them. It's a better math equation to me, whether it's the money you're spending, whether it's the time you're spending to just care for 300 people. And in turn, they're going to go reach out to those 75,000 as opposed to trying to cold call 75,000 people, the expense of that, the conversion rate of that, right? So, you know, when, when I look at it, this is why this works. And it doesn't take a lot of time because I can care for 300 people in a few hours a month, right? And that's me reaching out and being consistent. So it, again, it's so simple that I think it's overlooked and agents just say, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Relationships matter. Of course they do when they're spending 90% of their time cold calling when 70% of their business is by repeat and referral. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you took this 40 person uh, database and what was the volume that mm -hmm. you guys did? This past year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this past year, so I went from 40 people in my database to that list. Last year, I had 280 uh, people, and that generated 69 transactions. And, uh, and my one agent has about 150 people in his database. He generated 16 transactions in his second year. Um, so 900,000 GCI. So it was, a, it was about a 30 million in volume. That's incredible. Um, and so... What is the game plan that as this grows, are you going to continue to grow and expand this thing? I mean, this can get pretty crazy. 70 transactions are already a pretty big deal. Do you plan to grow this thing to a thousand transactions or what's the, the vision for the future? Yeah, probably not. You know, my, my heart is really like we've launched our faithful agent network, which is a training and coaching company. Uh, my business partner and I are launching an e-commerce brand. Like I just love business. And really for me, it's taken, you know, I spend about five hours a week in my real estate team. I'm super grateful for that. I've got an amazing agent, um, but I've got three little kiddos and one on the way too. So man, this is me taking back all that time that I spent to build this thing and recapturing that. So like I take Fridays off and, you know, I work hard Monday through Thursday. Don't hear me say that, but, uh, and I love building business, but this is me saying, man, I'm going to run this playbook. We've got an incredible profit margin for me and my agent. It's not, it doesn't take a lot of time. And my heart, quite honestly, is not in growing something massive. So I'm good with where I am. I focus on other things because those are what really, you know, bring me alive. Um, and so, and man, but I'm so thankful for real estate because it's given me that opportunity. Yeah. And we were mentioning pre-show. I mean, you actually have a plan to sell at some point, right? Like, I mean, it's That's really right. cool because like, you know, when we talk about sell sellability, I mean, you have an ability to transfer your client base at some point whenever you're ready to move on to the next venture for a percentage mm -hmm. of... What's going on? Yeah, that's right. So when I transfer it, so I'll, I will keep making 30% off my database in perpetuity. You know, the I'll work it for a little while just because I care about these people, but then eventually I'll let it go and the new team will work it. Um, and I'll keep making 30% for the rest of my life, which is incredible. And, and I'm so fortunate and thankful for that. And because I raised up my agent and trained him up and taught him all the stuff, I'm going to make 20% off his deals too. Um, so man, my, my, the amazing thing is my profitability is almost the exact same as when I was just running it myself. So I'm super fortunate. And when I look at it, it's because, you know, the, the systems and stuff that you can create when like, I'm not as smart as you, for example, in building out systems, I would never be able to build a business the way you did. And, but I think the benefit, and I didn't think about this early on, I was just trying to figure this out. Right. But I think the benefit and what I'm fortunate in is, but I show up and it's immediately, it's not that you can't recreate the system the way that or you can, excuse me, you can't recreate the relationships that I have. 
right, with the people that I know. And so I show up and say, man, you're going to get at least 50, 60 deals a year out of my relationships, right? Whereas someone could say, well, I can go get ISAs and create those online leads and I can figure that out. And so, you know, what I didn't realize then, and I'm certainly realizing now and super grateful for, it also makes it, like you said, really a sellable asset or we're merging, quote unquote, right? And it's going to give me long-term value. And uh, man, you know, most of us, and, and I, I really worry about the real estate profession, quite honestly, because I think so many of us got into this industry to say, I want the freedom to be where I want to be when I want to be there, right? But quickly, real estate has handcuffed us to that business. We're afraid to lose the deal. We're afraid to lose the client. We're afraid to not respond to the email or answer the phone or whatever it is. And uh, man, and in a very personal way, six months ago, my mom passed away and I took almost an entire month off to be with her in her last two weeks and then be with my dad. And I didn't pay attention at all. And by the Lord's kindness, my team did a great job. But the reality was I had built it in a way that I could step away, right? That my people did understand. And I, I'm literally fearful because that will happen at some point in an agent's life that if they're not building their business in the right way, they have no freedom to do that. They won't be able to go be present when they need to. And so to me, again, relationships, not everybody should just do relationships. I don't mean that. But man, there's a foundation there that should be built that no matter what, you get whatever, 30 deals a year off of your sphere because you know these people and they know you. And then build all your systems on top of that. But you know if you had to shut it down for six months and go be with your wife or your husband or whatever – right? That you had to shut everything down. You're still getting those deals. Your people understand your life. And so we can live and recapture what we were seeking in the first place, which is that freedom, right? And I think that's so important and I'm passionate about trying to help agents figure that out. Absolutely. And first of all, my condolences on your, on your loss. And then yeah, also you, congratulations brother. on the baby that you have coming. So thanks, man. You know, <laughs> I appreciate kudos that. Kudos there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about how this transitions. One of the things that you said that's pretty powerful that I've been hearing quite a bit from branding experts is people only have the ability to, to view you in one set of circumstance, right? One product, one channel, one funnel, a lot of these types of sayings. You now, like myself, I mean, you've got real estate, you've got the podcast, the training, et cetera. Now that you're involved in multiple things, how are you positioning branding yourself given that you're not in one thing? Yeah, great question, man. And And so- First of all, I'm not a branding expert at all, right? Mm -hmm. Here's where I struggle when it comes to the idea of branding. And I'll give you my answer, but here's my struggle with, with what's being taught in the branding world, at least what I hear. I, a speaker right before me yesterday was a brand expert, brilliant woman. Uh, but she said, you know, essentially, you got to figure out how you want to show up to people and you got to be that way consistently always, right? And, and for me, and I was talking to some of the people afterwards, they're like, that's amazing, but how do I sustain that? right? My approach is don't do that, right? Again, I'm all about simplicity. Don't do that. We got to really figure out how are you going to show up every day naturally? And we're going to build a business that way, right? So when I think about it from a brand perspective, as I'm growing and learning all of these new things, I'm turning it into my sphere, the people in my life and around me get to learn the things that I'm learning. I've been spending a past year just diving into how does money work in investing, right? And so I've been for my sphere. I've been uh, putting on classes on how does money work? How do you build business, right? This is the stuff that I have going on. And I'm encouraging you guys and inviting you to come along with what I'm learning because I, I've always cared and I still care, 
right? And yeah, I run a real estate business too. So if you know someone, I'd love to help. And so I think because now this might not apply to all the audience, but because I've been a real estate agent for so long, I think I would have to actively try to change my perception for people that I think they're just going to keep thinking about me as an agent, right? Maybe 10 years from now, if I'm not an agent anymore, that might change. But for now, to me, it's like, I'm just going to share all these things. One of my best clients and best referral sources, I sat down with him last week. He said, dude, this Amazon thing is a great opportunity for you. you should check it out, right? Can I help you build an e-commerce brand? And to me, that only deepens the reality for him to say, man, this is my guy. Like he really is trying to help me and I want to help him. How do I do that? Well, he's not going to go buy my product. Maybe he will, but you know, that's not going to help that much. Um, what he can do is pass off other people who want to buy and sell a home and learn about money and X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I, I think that's the right question. And quite honestly, I don't know how it plays out yet, Matt. I'll, t I'll tell you in a couple of years, right? But um, for now, this is how they know me. And I think that's fine. I think that sticks until I try to change it. Love it. So as you're going in the podcast world and, and, and you're building out coaching programs, training programs, do you intend to employ the same 36 touch program on those agents or those people that you're hitting as you did in your real estate business? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, relationships are the true accelerator for anything, right? So when we have a podcast guest on now, we, we don't do a 36 touch, right? But we have very specific day after we reach out, send them a video. Thank you so much for coming, right? Week later, send them an email. Man, we so much appreciated you, right? And then it, and it goes like every month, just reaching out. Hey, thanks so much, right? Because again, at the end of the day, relationships are the accelerator for anything in life. They just are, whether it's in your real estate business, whether it's you're trying to get in the room to learn something new, whether it's you want to get on a podcast, whether it's you want to start a podcast, whatever it is, or a new business, you got to know people. Everything is about people, right? So yeah, for us now, am I as good at staying in touch with the podcast guests as I am my own database? Absolutely not, right? That's an area that needs growth and improvement. But we implement the same concept with the people that we're training or coaching, writing them a handwritten note. Thank you so much, man. I just want you to know I'm excited I am to help you build your business, sending them a little a gift or whatever. Um, those are the things that make people recognize you're in it for more than just their dollars. You genuinely take a sincere interest in their life. And uh, man, who are they going to think of? The person that reaches out to them all the time? or the person that they spoke to a year ago and they haven't heard from. So yeah, I mean, relationships are everything at the end of the day. And it's kind of a really interesting catch 22 because there's another guy in my life, his name's Shane, and he's really imparted some great knowledge for me on these strategies. And, and as I've implemented them, business has done really well, things have been exploded. Hmm. And it's kind of like good marketing and relationship practices creates lots of business and lots of business creates a lot of things to do. And, and then mm -hmm. you're like, and so it creates this cycle where it becomes, it, it spirals out of control, right? I mean, like eventually mm -hmm. like you can't do it all. So what has been your experience of kind of mm -hmm. reigning in that chaos that comes with, you know, building a business through the relationship model? Yeah, man. So great question. And I'll say this. I mean, I try, I started to do that a couple of years back and you know, you're young in the business, you're doing well, and you just feel like what you're supposed to do is build a big team. And quite honestly, I bought into that. You know, I was, I was checking the wrong scoreboard, right? Looking at the scoreboard is how many people on your team, how many deals are you doing? What's your, what's your GCI? What's your total volume, right? Like, and, and I just bought into that and kind of went along with that. And then quite honestly, I had this moment, I had a couple of agents, had a couple staff or a couple of admin, and I, and I stopped at a 
one I, I don't remember what day, but it was a certain day. And I just said, do I even want this? Right. And the answer was no. Like, why did I even do that? And so the hard part is not by their fault, but I created this mess. I had to clean it up. I had to let people go. And that sucks because it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. But I recognized, man, what, I, what do I really want? I love simplicity. I don't want it to be complex. What do I really want to do? Pursue other things. So if I don't control what this real estate business is, it's going to control me. And I'm not willing to do that, right? So one agent who's amazing, who loves what he's doing, making a lot of money. One admin who's amazing, me coaching them and giving them business, great. Things are awesome. I don't need to be the number one agent. I don't need to have the biggest team, right? And I know people with big teams that aren't even as profitable as I am. So I don't want to do that, right? And so I think for me, honestly, man, it was just, I don't care to be the biggest team. Um, I just like simplicity and I like profitability, right? And if I can do those two things, I'm good and I'll hang here as long as I can. Let's talk about the move to podcasting. Mm -hmm. With such a thriving, simple, profitable real estate business, what's taking you into that realm? Man, well, people that know me are like, well, you just don't shut up anyways, so you might as well have a mic on, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I, I it, it, to me, and I think like you, Matt, this is a way to meet people that I don't have any right meeting or hanging out with for an hour on a podcast, right? So it is about the relationships, I think, for me, first and foremost. But ultimately, it's just, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was pre-show or not, but um, we had a real estate success summit in South Carolina. I was invited to speak at a couple hundred agents. Uh, one of the speakers, really a pretty well-known speaker, not in the real estate space, but on, on uh, marketing and branding, uh, afterwards we're having a conversation and she said, you know, Garrett, what's, what's so crazy is at the end of the day, every speaker I ever meet, every person that's doing really well, we all have the same mission. It's to, just to help people, mm -hmm. right? We all have that same purpose. That's really what this is. So for me, right, my desire is, man, this has been such a blessing to me. And like I said, my, my real heart is is my fear for the agents who get who this business has gotten them stuck from where they really want to be man if i can even be a small piece of helping them get unstuck and if it for me if that's to get into the podcasting world i'm going to do that right we're working on books we're creating more videos and content and an e-course that we have you know just to help people get unstuck um and and that's really the heart behind it man and i i think probably like you this is the best part of my day whether i'm on a show with you guys whether i'm doing my own show this is the best part just getting to engage and hoping that whoever is listening to this whenever they listen to it that maybe it makes a small shift in their life and you know maybe that turns into something awesome so that's really the heart behind it and i love i love doing that of course, man. I, I love how you say that, that I mean, really helping people is the focus, right? Helping people, solving problems, et cetera, solving the problems that you had before. Hmm. So how much does being known play in the podcasting? Does that factor in at all? I don't know. I'm not very well known. So, uh, you know, it's again, it's like, um, you know, man, we had somebody on last week. The episode's not out yet that we have no business being in a relationship with like no reason he should be on our show. Uh, but it was a relationship. It was a guy I was coaching, had met him and said, man, you guys need to talk to Garrett. You should be on a show. And we connect. And he's like, of course, I'd love to be on. Right. So, uh, man, it, to me, again, it's not about that per se. It's just about the relationships. Right. If you serve people well, if you reach out and care for them well, if they like you, 
They want you to succeed and they will try to find ways to help just like you will find ways to help. That's the beauty of how this works. So I'm sure it helps if I just called and said, oh, everybody knows who I am. I'm going to come on your show. But most of us don't have that luxury, right? So I just, it's just relationships, man. Everyone wants trust and everyone wants to transfer trust and receive that transfer of trust. So uh, to me, as long as you have relationships, you're good. You'll find your way to where you want to go. Yeah. In real estate, what so far has been your craziest experience or transaction? Man, <laughs> uh, gosh, probably my very first one. So like I said, so I started on a team. I was on a team for a year and a half before I went on my own. And uh, I hadn't had a deal. This was probably four months in at this point. I get, uh, well, my team leader comes to me and says, Garrett, this is a slam dunk buyer for you, which after this, I told him never say that again. Uh, he hands me this young military buyer. And uh, we go out, we look at houses, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just show them every, every single house that is out there. Finally go under contract and uh, we get under contract, go through the home inspection, clear the picker, all that stuff. We're like a week and a half away from closing. I get a call from him late at night one night and I would never answer now, but I did, you know, I answered at 1030 at night, whatever. And he calls me and he says, Garrett, if uh, he says, uh, Garrett, if the seller won't reduce their price by 20 grand right now, I'm walking away, I'm walking away. I'm like, what? You know, well, first of all, we can't do that. Right. But he's like so angry about it. Okay. I'll call the agent the next day. So I call and I don't know what I'm doing. I've literally never done a deal. So I call the agent the next day. The guys just cuss me on the phone and I'm like, I'm just telling you what he said. Uh, I'm sorry. I totally get it. I understand it. So I call my guy back and he's like, no, you tell him literally. He's like, you tell him I'm going to bury him. If he doesn't do it, I'm going to the papers, which like, what does that even mean anymore? Right. He says, I have a friend at Harvard. Who's a lawyer. I'm going to sue him, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. I'm like, don't do any of that, but you know, I, I can't control what you do. Right. But we got to move forward. Long story short, I get a call from the agent and he said, your client just called me directly. And he cussed me out and he said he was going to bury me in the papers. So I don't know what the heck is going on, right? So anyways, it was this – I was stuck between these people who are so angry at each other. And I'm like, this if this is real estate, I do not want to do this. This is terrible, okay. right? The deal ended up falling – the deal ended up falling apart. They went after each other. I just stayed out of it. And eventually after all that cleared out, I said, his name was Simon. I said, Simon, I don't know that I'm a good fit for you. I wish yeah. you the best. Right. And I fired him as a buyer and literally was like, this is real estate. This is terrible. It is not worth it at all. And thankfully I've had some bad ones, but that was maybe my worst one, especially since I had nothing to compare it to. It was, uh, it was one? pretty bad. Yeah. Very, very first client. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Dude, I can so relate stuff. to you on having a tough first client, man. Um, really? Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's often how it is, right? It's either a small, very small transaction or it's like, you know, it's yeah. your first one. You're, you'll take anything. And uh, that's right. You take anything. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so awesome. <laughs> right on, man. What, what is your vision for yourself for the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah, great question, man. I mean, honestly, it is being better about using my time well. That's it. Like, I am a huge advocate. And I mean, I read books. I've read 24 books this year already. Like, I'm a huge advocate and just spending time thinking and processing and getting the space to really figure out what makes sense. And I teach my coaching clients, for example, I say all the time, we don't have to outwork them if we can outthink them. 
right? Most of the time we got to outwork people because we're not out thinking people. And so I'd rather it to be the other way around. And so spending that time learning and, and really understanding, but honestly, protecting that Friday off, like I've got a five, three and one year old and one on the way, like I want to be with them. I'm not willing to trade watching my kids grow up for whatever success looks like, right? In, in the eyes of the world or even in my own mind. And I think that if I can get really granular on what is the what are the right things that need to happen, right? I'm I'm doing a time audit with my time. I'm having one of my coaching clients do this every thirty seconds, every thirty seconds, every thirty minutes. What did I do, right? Circling what did I actually do to move my business forward? The truth is, most of us spend our time on things that never even mattered. And so I can get really good at pressing on the right levers and doing that at a high level. I think my business is going to be even better than it was, even though I'm not spending as much time. So to me, that's really what it is. I don't necessarily have a goal on where I want to go. I know that sounds weird. I don't necessarily know. I know I want to be with my family. And then I know I want to be really good at pressing the right levers in all the businesses that we're doing. And if I can do that, man, I'm, I'm excited for where we will go. And so that's really my focus over this next you know, 12, 18 months, maybe a few years. Incredible. Garrett, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about your yeah, life man. and your business. This is such a great strategy. I mean, you went from just 40 people to 280, 69 transactions. I don't know exactly what that amounts to, but that's got to be six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars of GCI on less than $10,000 yeah. in marketing spend. That's insane. That's right. I mean, you could be living on over a half a million dollars net from just what we said, five hours a month of marketing. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy, guys. I mean, take some notes down from what you learned today. I mean, if it's not the mentality of helping people, getting your mind right, taking care of people by staying in touch with them and letting them know that, hey, you could be one of the two or three people that they could be close to. So not only do you give them that connection, but you provide a great business for you, yourself, and your family. Share this information with somebody who knows they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.